Welcome to the PHCP Pros Behind the Wall podcast. I'm Ellen Rohr, plumber's wife, industry icon, and president of Zoom Dream Franchise Company. And I'm Max Rohr, energy nerd, hydronics advocate, and education and training manager at Kalefi North America. And Max is my son. We'll share host duties of this podcast, which is sponsored by PHCP Pros. Thank you very much. And the whole Roar family, Max, Hot Rod, and I are honored to be columnists in their publications. With this podcast, our intention is to have real, thought-provoking conversations with people across the PHCP industry. Of course, we want to entertain and encourage. And mostly, we want to connect and allow our guests to be vulnerable, to explore insights gained and lessons learned. Let's go Behind the Wall! (laughs) Hey, hey, I'm Ellen Rohr, and I'm here with my son, Max Rohr, and I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today, Max. Thank you for uh, for having me today. Well, this is, a, this is a big day, because while I have been hostess with the mostest of the this Behind the Wall podcast, I am really excited to introduce Max as my co-host. So Max and I are going to take turns hosting the, the podcast We have different industry experience, we know different people, and we are very excited to share these responsibilities. I hope you are too, because I think we'll really add a lot of color and dimension to the podcast. You know some smart people, Max, and I'm excited to hear um, who you bring on board as future guests. I do. I've had some really fun uh, mentors kind of inside and outside of the family throughout my career. And yeah, I'm excited to, to share some of their stories. Uh, with a, a bigger audience because they've been very impactful on me throughout the the journey in the industry, I guess. Well, and that's what I want to talk about is your journey in the industry. You know, once upon a time, you were born at a very early age. I remember I was there and uh, you grew up in a family business. And um, we've talked over the years about how that impacted you in some positive ways, and maybe some ways that, you know, really you would, would not describe as positive. And I get it because having a business, a family business can be wonderful and very, very difficult at the same time. So go back to like your earliest thoughts of working in the family business. Do you remember going to work with your dad with Hot Rod? I remember going to job sites with him when I was really little and I would just kind of sit next to his toolbox and play with the different tools and just kind of like jam plumber's putty into the different things and like cut little, you know, snakes out of like it was Play-Doh or something (laughs) like that. I'm sure made a big mess, but I remember that. And then I think that as I was a little bit older, one of the things that I remember is when Hot Rod and Yox, the plumbing company that you guys had, was in the Park City, Utah parade of some sort over the summer. And we had the truck pulling a trailer with a bunch of kids on the back holding up plungers. That was kind of the prop, like there were little batons or something like that. But <laughs> I think that that's one of the kind of, I don't know, that would have been like eight or nine year old memories that I have of just being, you know, on uh, on display as a plumber in front of uh, Park City, which uh, was that was really thing. fun. We made flags out of pillowcases with our logo, the checkered flags on them. I remember that too. Well, um, it was cool because Hot Rod always loved to take you. That was never like a burden to him. He always really enjoyed having you as a sidekick. Do you remember like running for parts, or as you got older, becoming more helpful on the job? Yeah, I think as I got into like high school age, I remember actually like having different moments where I was like, I think I'm actually 
helping today that I think I'm like actually kind of good at that particular task <laughs> that he didn't like to do the the wiring or whatever some of the the things that he's probably too farsighted for or something like <laughs> that but uh just my nearsighted kind of attention to detail uh skills for the first time I think were contributing instead of just kind of you know, tagging along so yeah well it, it would be an obvious career choice for you to go into the family business why didn't you do that I never had the at that age in high school never had the idea that that would be more than kind of a job that I would work my way through college with uh, it didn't seem like a career to me and I don't really know what that was because at that age I think that I had grown out of the like well you know I don't know are are plumbers cool you know like whatever your parents do is that a cool job I don't know if I like that I might like to do something completely different and as I got out of high school and went to college I thought okay I'm going to be a dentist because our dentist or an orthodontist because our uh, orthodontist had such a great practice and seemed to have such great flexibility and did cool things and went on fun vacations and had this schedule where he was working like three days a week or something like that. Went to college and realized that first semester that, oh, I'm really bad at this. I'm not (laughs) going to be able to keep up with the kids that are trying really hard to get into med school. It's just not really my scene. I'm not naturally good at that. And there were some things that kind of bugged me that it seemed like you have to be really good at taking tests which I'm okay at, but it didn't really have anything to do with the soft skills that you would need to like be a doctor. That to me seemed like it was not anything that was on the agenda and it always kind of bugged me. So I realized that like, okay, I'm not going to get an A in cell biology. There are 300 kids in this class. It's just not going to be me that gets one of those 12 A's that you need to get into med school at the University of Utah. So at that point, I think I had to reassess and, and start to figure out what am I actually useful into the world. What am I actually good at? And it was kind of fun to come back to the, you know, the hydronics industry with fresh eyes in that sense that I came back because I really did enjoy it and and miss it. And while I didn't want to start my own family business to do plumbing, uh, I knew that there was something in the industry that was right for me. And I think that over the course of my career, I found this job at Kalefi, which seems to be a perfect fit of kind of the uh, the training and you know learning about the industry side that I've always enjoyed. Well, and I too, I remember like there were some moments about being a- in the family business that really weren't great. You know that y- you you mentioned that the dentist had this really great lifestyle. Were you associating that with the life of a a plumbing contractor at that time? I always thought that we had a fun lifestyle because I always got to go on trips. And I think that I saw more of the world as a a younger person than some of my friends, regardless of like income, just I got to travel more. And whether it was just going out to the desert to ride motorcycles or going to an RPA trade show in uh, Minneapolis (laughs) or something like that. uh, I always liked that part of it. I think that at a younger age, those hours were the the part that was a little bit harder to swallow that I wasn't quite sure if I was interested in that because you and dad worked so hard and so many hours. Not that I felt neglected in any way. I just knew that that was a seven day a week job for sure. And it always would be at that stage. And maybe when you get to a size that's big enough that you have a lot of employees and you can delegate that 
then that's a different story. I know some contractors that have great lifestyles because they've delegated well. And I think that when you get to that point, that's great. But I wasn't quite sure that I wanted to do that. <laughs> I wasn't quite sure that I wanted to do that, that grind in that way. And not that I feel like that was a, you know, a lazy decision. It just wasn't something that appealed to me in that way. Well, and I, and I remember too, like Hot Rod, by the way, if you were to ask Hot Rod when he was your age, like back in going back to like high school days, he did not want to be a plumber like his dad. And he was only going to do it until he found another foothold really. And then it just kind of became his career. But it's interesting that he also had that same, uh, this family business thing. I don't know if I want to do it. But I also know like with someone like Hot Rod, Hot Rod is really a mechanic. That never seemed to be the part of the business that really fascinated you. Like I, I remember you liking to work with your dad because of the, you know, it was it's a cool, fun thing to do, but you wouldn't like take a car apart on your own necessarily. You weren't really a grease monkey or a mechanic in that way. Yeah, he's kind of the super mechanic in that sense. And I feel like I have some of the appreciation for it. And there, you know, as an adult, I, I'd love to take things apart. And I think that I kind of inherited that later. And I'd like to learn how things work, even if it's not something that's in our industry. But I think that most of that was just an appreciation for what plumbers and uh, and heating techs do and how hard it is and and why that is something that is so valuable i think that part is hard to sell and hard to understand unless you've seen it firsthand like that and i imagine that's why it's hard for some people to charge more because uh the average joe homeowner has no idea the amount of you know thousands of hours of education it takes to fix a toilet as simple as that may seem, or you may be able to find out on YouTube, but to know all of those different, uh, you know, things that could go wrong and, and that type of thing, I really appreciate so much more having seen it firsthand. And that's what I'm passionate about in the industry is that if you can find a way that in a lot of ways, I feel like I've got some of both of your skills and dad's skills in that sense that I, I like the how do we explain it? How do we get it sold piece of it that I think you're very good at? And then dad is very, very technical, but isn't so much the like the the showman in that sense. I think that he would be happy to just do it really well. Maybe he takes a picture of it and that's something that he's just like personally satisfied with. But it's uh it's very different the two things that you bring to the table. And I hope that I've found some sort of middle ground because I think both of those skills are really important. Well, I, I do remember, I don't want, remember when we had this conversation exactly, but I remember like you saying to me once, like, you can't understand at all why someone would do this work at any kind of a discount price. Like you just like looked at me like, why would someone do this for that? Not even getting it. And I thought, oh. I've raised him right. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. There are a lot of jobs that I you just shouldn't get out of the truck for. And I think that beyond being very physically taxing work, that it just is something that probably doesn't occur to a lot of people that's just really emotionally taxing for somebody to be like, mm, yeah, I know you're going to crawl down into that crawl space and get covered in spiders and, you know, be sick because you inhaled a bunch of garbage or whatever. And there are, you know, long-term health things that can be associated with really, you know, difficult work. And it just, yeah, to some extent really breaks my heart that the people would say, okay, yeah, I'll take 
50 bucks off of that. Ah. Just like that, that type of thing is like nails on a chalkboard. So when we do training now, I like to incorporate the, you know, how it, okay, you know how to do this now, you know how to size this, or, you know, what application is proper for this valve or whatever. How do you explain that this is important? Because without that, I don't think that you can really have the confidence to sell certain things. Some people don't need any help in that sense. And some people need a ton of help and probably need that the most compared to uh, they're very technically competent already. Didn't even need to come to the class probably, but maybe you're always getting beat up for price. And that's something that they just shouldn't have to deal with in their careers. Well, so let's go back to when dentistry is not for you. So I'm not going to have my son, the doctor. Oh, well, um, but you got a You got a degree and you decided to to move on in, into this industry as a career. So maybe mention some of the salient moments that that kind of helped you find your way and maybe the people that helped you along the way. Yeah. So the, I would say my first job out of college, my first real job was with Kalefi as kind of an intern over at their factory in Italy, which was an incredible opportunity. And one of the things that I really appreciated about that is that I had never been in a manufacturing environment per se, but I knew how people built things and I knew just the setup of your shop Uh, what type of product is going to roll out of that. And what was really impressive to see there is how just surgically accurate and concise the Kalefi factory was, that they were not joking around, that this was had to be like medical grade um, production. And you would see that at every step. And one of the the guys that I loved working with, his name is Paolo Del Ponte. And he was the person in charge of the returns department. So he would see the valves come back from all over the world and was very like personally upset if it was something that we had done wrong. A lot of the times it was something that was misapplied. It was, you know, over temperature, you know, water froze inside of it or all the different things that he could just like look at it from across the room and be like, yeah, that, uh, that scaled up and the water was over 180 degrees Fahrenheit and just like, how you know that, but cool. So, uh, he, that quality part, he was, uh, he was very concerned with that. And that's, that's carried with me from that point, I think. And then you learned to speak Italian. They civilized you over there. It was such a, I mean, it sounds like it was a really great experience. It was incredible. Yeah, it was really fun. And then what happened next? So what was your your next step in, in your career? So then my visa was up. I came back to the States and got a job at Able Distributors. You've interviewed my uh, former boss, Michael Blyer. Love him. Love them. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that what I liked about Michael, what I would just really enjoyed about every time that, that Michael would walk into the room for a meeting with a, a you know a rep or just the, the team members is the energy and the passion and how much he loved having some sort of angle on, hey, what if we combined these two products instead of these three products? And if we sold it like this, and if we had some creative you know, version of that, because they're not a, you know, 100 branch wholesale chain, uh, what they relied on is that creativity. And I think that that's what drew people like my dad to them many years ago. He's like, this wholesaler is doing some really creative stuff, but probably most importantly, just the passion uh, to to do something industry, you would just see Michael light up with that, where the day-to-day sales of, of Teflon tape, I think he could just like, you know, uh, we have to do that. Not to say anything that is wrong with Teflon tape, but I think that if it's something that he couldn't build into a more interesting package, 
it was it was less impressive to him and i always liked that very cool who else in in your career had a an impact on you and how uh so the next job that i had was at shamrock sales in colorado so my boss there steve duggan uh is one of my favorite people on earth and i think that he had a lot to teach me as far as just general temperament goes and he was very good at um really good listener which is to me like the pinnacle of sales that he would be able to just kind of like hear you out hear you out and then would have some very like if he was giving me tips or you know if i helping me work through an issue wouldn't just solve it for me but would have a very like specific question for me for how i should you know what would be a good decision to make here based on what you just told me and that that kind of mentorship i think was very helpful and so just like no give me the phone i'm gonna do it and he was uh just very good at that really uh easy to work with not like a big you know shouter or anything like that you know it's just like that that doesn't really work for me anyway but uh just very cool and collected and uh in a sales atmosphere just more listening and then one specific statement or one specific question is just exactly i think what uh that top of the the pile rep should do and i think that sometimes uh in any sort of sales position just like more talking is interpreted as uh, knowing more or being better at your job. And it just, it really isn't always the case. He's such a cool guy. And I'm so glad that you describe him that way. That really matches what I, I, I envision him to be not knowing him as well as you do. That's lovely. So then what next? Like, uh, where, where are you now? So then one more stop, I guess, before that I went to work at Rayhow. And before I left was the marketing and uh, academy manager. So uh, there are two women at Rayhow that I learned a ton from, Sue Martin and Ginger Lewis. And Sue is a journalist by trade. So my writing got much better with her <laughs> help. And uh, she's also a technical writer. So she was very good at the consistency and then kind of the using the same units and the you know this is why it matters that we always say btus per hour like this and things like that the one way that i described it is that it's like a stranger kind of bumping you on a sidewalk so you don't step in the puddle that you may not really even know that that had happened but that it was just some little tweak in the writing that made it very crystal clear so you were on the right path and then uh ginger lewis is one of the the marketing specialists there and is definitely the most knowledgeable she won't ever like admit this but the most knowledgeable person i've met in that type of role as far as consistency goes and just another very subtle like no we we kind of already had this discussion and you know here's why we wrote it this way in the absolute like sweetest way that you could say that but that important kind of like all right everybody let's uh let's not have that uh evolve into a bunch of different paths. Here's what we say. Here's why we say it. Here's when we made that decision. Here's the background. And this is how we're going to move forward and very productive. So maintaining the brand, the message, the consistency in your your packaging of of technical details. uh, Yeah. What a skill. Yeah. Neat. And you mentioned women. I've noticed that you're, you're very um, girl power guy. You like to see women in positions of power in our industry. So that's really cool. Yeah. I, somebody, uh, Jules said that I'm very well adjusted to women being in leadership roles. 
I think. And uh, somebody else told me that uh, was it, I take direction from women well, uh, which is something that I think in lots of places on earth is harder to swallow for some people. Um, but I think that outside of, you know, that particular, you know, train of thought, I respect people who are good at their job. And I think that that is something that transcends whatever you may look like, and is something that is uh, important to be open to more people knowing exactly what they're talking about, regardless of what you may think uh, the first time that you see them walk into a room. Well, I am really excited. I've seen uh, a little bit of your lineup of of guests. There are women in in the industry on that list, and I'm I'm really excited to learn more about some of the uh, the people who've influenced you and whom you admire. The speaking of women, y- tell us about your family. Um. So yes, there are two <laughs> other women in my family. <laughs> so I have a young daughter, and I think that selfishly, I would like this industry to be a softer landing spot for her. Should she decide to do this, which, you know, I think that I'll probably get to a similar point like you and dad did that like, okay, well, it's here if you're interested and here's what's cool about it, but whatever, whatever you want to do. So I would like if she decides to have some sort of career in the trades for that to be uh, just an easier access point than it has been in the past. Very nice. And it is so nice to have you and your wife, Jules and Luca close by anymore. So this is part of why we decided to share the duties for this podcast, because now we both live in Salt Lake, all live in Salt Lake City, Utah. And uh, so Max, as we, um, as we wrap up this podcast, what, what kind of impact would you like to have on the industry? What are the, the things that you go to the wall about? What kind of difference would you like to make in the position that you now have at Kalefi? Um, or just in the industry in general, because you're kind of a deal. You're kind of a big deal now. <laughs> we can cut that part out. <laughs> Crap, uh, Mom. I think that I'm very passionate about energy efficiency because I think that long term, again, for my daughter's generation, that we can't really fix the the major issues on Earth, the climate change issues, without being better at energy efficiency and the thing that is encouraging and frustrating at the same time is I think we're actually very good at it now that we need to communicate to a bigger audience why what plumbers and uh, hydronics techs do is so important and is so useful if buildings are going to use 39% of the world's energy and we can do that really well it's very impactful much more than you know just changing your light bulbs not that that's a bad idea either but if i can over my career find a little bit easier way to explain these concepts that we're talking about so our customers can explain them to the architect or the person who's writing the check or whatever so we can have energy efficiency be an easier, less, uh, I don't know, less difficult to stomach decision to make for someone who is building a building. I would like that to be something that someone that if I could, you know, die happy, it would be someone would walk into a room and tell, you know, the school board, here's why we're going to go with this more energy efficient system. Here's how it's going to benefit your students here's why it's worth the extra money. And that's why you're going to do it because it's very important and have a much clearer pitch maybe than they've had in the past with all of the other things they've learned over the course of their career. If I could play one small part in that, I think that that would be something I'd be proud of. Oh, and you're making your mama proud too. Very nice. 
Um, so of all the stuff that you've learned lately, let's just go to, to a, an easy, quick tip to wrap this okay. up with. Is there an app? Is there a tool? Is there something that you use on a daily basis that makes life very easy for you that you could share? I use, I don't know, I would say that I use the Gmail as much as possible. So I'm not writing things on paper and Trello for organization. Trello is probably my favorite thing for a team to use. And there are all sorts of different softwares that are like that. But as as much as I can do to keep the scoreboard kind of current and visible to more people, I think that that's important instead of like writing on a post-it that like, okay, we should try and do eight of these this year instead of what I said before. Uh, that doesn't help the team. That doesn't help reduce the amount of conversations that you have to make about the goals just to have the scoreboard clearly visible from your phone or from any computer to anybody on the team i think is just important for efficiency and that's been uh that's been a specific i guess app that has been helpful for me that's a that's a really nice thing to bring up if you are the only one who has access to your notebook or that post-it that means you're stuck with it that's you're the only person who's got that information so i think it's so important to bring up a team app like that very good all right anything you'd like to to share with our our listeners before we wrap up today as you take over host duties and we uh we tag team on this a little bit i don't think so i'm excited to talk about more of the you know family businesses that have evolved and you know the family business that i'm in today is much different than I would have thought it could have been or the options that I would have had. But I think that there are so many great opportunities in our industry. And I'm excited to hear more of the ways that people ended up where they are in their engineering role or whatever the case may be with the upcoming guest list, uh, because it's never a, a straight as a narrow path. And it's interesting to see when those decisions were made. And I think that that insight has always been very helpful to me. Well, I'm so glad you're here. And on uh, behalf of PHCP Pros, welcome to the Behind the Wall podcast, Max. Thank you. All right. That's a wrap. <laughs>